Hey guys, and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through the second part of John 5, 1 through 15. And so let's just get started. The healing at the pool on the Sabbath. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The author gives no specific reason to why Jesus chose this man. Yet we can tell that our Lord had knowledge of this man's very critical and horrible condition. This reveals Jesus' sovereign initiative, for he could have picked anyone from the crowd of sick people. Yet he picked this man, which reveals to us his supernatural knowledge. I mean, he knew. So along with that, we can see in all of the Gospels and in the Word of God itself that God is compassionate. Specifically in the Gospels, you see Jesus being moved by his compassion. Exodus 34 says, The Lord descended into the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visit the iniquity of the fathers and of the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generations. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us. For it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. I love this quote by John MacArthur. He says, Jesus is God, and he has the same compassion as God has. That means sympathy feels to some degree the pain of fallen sinners and he is merciful. All his work and all his words are compassionate. He has compassion for the physical suffering. That's why he heals people. He has compassion for the demonic suffering. That's why he delivers people. He has compassionate for the sin suffering. That's why he saves people. God is by nature compassionate and so is Jesus. Here is an illustration then of the compassion of Jesus to a man who had received no mercy. Jesus shows him mercy. We can see that compassion is an emotional word, but it also involves action. We can clearly see that in God's character all throughout the Bible. I mean, the Israelites constantly rejected him, his compassion and provision to turn from idols and from turning against each other. This is everybody, you guys, moving deeper and deeper into sin as we raise our fists against God, claiming that we want justice. I mean, real justice is hell for sinners. Yet God, for his name's sake, moved by his compassion, entered into our suffering. Christ himself is, as the Bible project describes, God's deep compassion become human. I mean, we see right here in this chapter that he is deeply moved to heal the sick. 
care for those who are considered outcast, and most importantly, preach the good news of salvation. Let us look at Hebrews 12, 2, where Paul speaks about faith and the great crowds of witnesses that abide in the Lord through faith. He says faith is only by looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You guys, Jesus entered suffering death itself. He took humanity's punishment, died, being God, resurrected, and declared us righteousness. Declared us righteous by crediting those who genuinely repent and believe his righteousness and reconciling us back to God. It's all about him. He was moved by his own compassion. That is the character of God, just and compassionate. Genuine Christians are called to live a life consumed by compassion with sacrificial love. Luke 6, 32-36 says, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil be merciful even as your father is merciful moving on to verse 7 the sick man answered him Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. This verse completely debunks any sort of teaching that tells you that you have to have enough faith for God to heal you, that it is always God's will to heal people, or that healing is the point of the cross. This man did not have his faith in Jesus. He clearly had his faith in the pool. I mean, he didn't even know who Jesus was. And yet in verse eight, Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. Just as God spoke creation into existence, Christ's authoritative words cured this man as if he had never been sick. And yet he had been sick for 38 years and he was a walking testimony of Jesus's deity. Wow. The next verse says, and at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So let's answer the question. Is it always God's will to heal? Well, short answer, no. We see it very clearly in this passage that only one man out of the multitude of sick people was healed. God can heal. He does. And he will according to his will and purposes but he also won't according to his will and purposes. It's not wrong to pray for healing whatsoever, but what are the first things that Jesus said in the Lord's prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This doesn't make God any less merciful, for God is conforming us into the image of Christ through healing or not. Does it not say in Isaiah 53 that Christ suffered for our sake? Therefore, if we are in him, we have the healing of redemption from sins cursed, salvation and reconciliation. And the Lord 
so graciously is conforming us into the image of his son. So will we not suffer? Christ himself suffered the worst punishment. So yeah, it's promised. And yet let us look at what Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12, where he was discipling the church regarding about boasting and how if anyone were to boast, it would be him. And he was also talking about the foolishness of boasting. He said, so keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with the weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. Isn't it such a paradox to the world that in our weakness, we're actually glorifying God more? when we are trusting and desiring him more and for his glory to be made perfect in our weakness. Anyways, verse 10 says, So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found the man in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. John MacArthur explains what Jesus said this way. 38 years of illness as a result of sin, but that is nothing compared to the wrath of God and hell that you could experience forever. You've been made well. Go and sin no more. Therefore, the point of the healing was not the physical liberation, but the man's salvation. Sadly, though, as we will see in the next verses, this man sided with the Jews, who from John 5 began repeatedly persecuting Jesus. John MacArthur once stated, In the face of the compassion of Christ, in the face of the amazing miracle, in the face of healing, this man declared his loyalty to the Jews who hated Jesus and wanted him dead. This had to be the most startling act of ingratitude and unbelief in all the healings that Jesus did. He had no intention of worshiping the Lord Jesus. He has no intention of following Jesus. You guys, obviously Jesus knew this and his compassion remained as well as justice. Now I ask you, is Christ truly your Lord and Savior? Or are you captivated in the idolizing of temporary satisfactions? So then verse 15 says, The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.